0: Hi, and welcome to Security Explained. I'm Chris Grayson. I'm Drew Porter. And I'm Logan Lamb.
1: We're coming to you every two weeks with tips and tricks on how to protect yourself and your loved ones out there on the internet and in real life. It's the year 2021, and just about everything you could want likely has a computer in it. While that can be cool to some, we're here to make a case for why you don't need to put a computer in everything, and why you might want to think twice before buying that next smart device. If you've ever wondered why IoT is such a contentious issue within the security community, we're here to try and shed some light. So join us as we dive into the wonderful world of IoT. Logan, can you kick us off with just a general definition of what is
0: IoT and what we're talking about here? Sure thing. Um... Uh, I think you really touched on the key component of it when you said in the intro that everything has a computer in it now. Uh, at its core, IoT is this idea that everything should have uh, sensors in it, everything should have computers in it, and that all of these things should communicate with one another. So uh, you could just look... What was that? It's poetic. It's poetic. Yeah, I mean, you can look around your house and point at like any random thing. Well, let's talk about like a fridge. Do you really need a computer in of your course. fridge or an LCD? And does you, well? I mean, maybe you do, Drew. <laughs>
1: How yeah. am I supposed to know what's in my fridge if it doesn't have a computer in it? <laughs> yeah, but, oh, I, mean, I just s- open the
2: door. No, I, won't, <laughs> I won't buy a fridge with a computer in it. I was just being facetious.
0: But I mean, I mean, this is a good example. So, well, what does a fridge need? It probably only needs sensors to detect the temperature in the fridge. It doesn't need an LCD screen with uh, cameras pointed at you as you open it. It may not need pressure sensors to detect uh, what food is on the shelves, but companies are building that. Some people are interested in it. And then your fridge decides to share that information, which you may not want shared with, say, your Alexa or Google Home.
1: Mm-hmm. that And uh, I, this reminds me of a joke. And it's something... It's like a riff on the old, is your refrigerator running? Um, it's like, knock on the door. It's like, hi, is your refrigerator running? Yes. Like, you're under arrest. It's attacking the government.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good old IoT compromise. Yeah. And... Uh, The reason IoT is a thing now is because um, these sensors and computers, the microcontrollers that are being put in smart devices, they're just that cheap and ubiquitous at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, A company that's creating a product, um, they may be able to make a compelling product on its own, but just like other Areas that can be hyped, whether it be cloud, AI, blockchain, blockchain. crypto, <laughs> yeah, IoT. They IoT, they'll throw a couple sensors uh, in their product, um, a microcontroller to collect data and then sell it at a markup. Yep. Yep. And that is that is largely the business
1: model for a lot of these IoT devices is like the, they'll probably sell it to you. Below the cost of what it what it costs them to manufacture it, with the intent that like their actual business model is they're going to collect data about you and then sell that data uh, because that's going to be that's going to be more valuable and that will be a recurring stream of revenue for them. So so that's like one of the big kind of drivers behind how IoT devices uh, are actually intended to make money. Um, but Drew, I know this is this is an area near and dear to your heart. So why don't you tell us some of the problems with IoT? Yeah.
2: I mean, the problems with IoT, where do we start with this conversation? Where
1: to begin? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the main problems with IoT is not necessarily the technology itself. It is the companies behind the technology. And it's because of the model, which they have to adopt to ensure that they can continue being a business. And what I mean by that is a lot of these companies are startup companies and a startup. Mm -hmm. If you've ever worked in a startup, you know that the one thing that they care less about than nearly anything else besides. Well, I mean, they really care almost nothing about it is um, security, uh, in, the, in the early days, right? In the first, like, one or two years, mm-hmm. security is not the topic which you want to discuss in a startup because it's just going to delay the product being um, released and it's going to cause, you know, tensions and uh, you don't need any of that in a startup. So that is one of the huge problems that we have there. Another item is that these these small systems themselves uh, have a very short half-life. So when an IoT product gets released, if the company is doing the typical release cycle, it's going to get replaced in the next 12 months. If it extends past 12 months, then the company is either failing or uh, they are pivoting. But if you look at the release cycle of a lot of IoT products, uh, it will be... Around that 12 month time. So they don't really think about the long term security problems with their products because they're like, well, if someone wants to be secure, they can just buy the next generation. And this has this has been said to me in person, actually, by a well-known IOT company. I won't I won't name them because I won't no need to blast them. I I actually I, I like the CEO of the company. But they, I'm so they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they said, uh, you know, I, I asked about the the security issue with with one of their products. Some it's uh, security issue I found, and they said, ah, we'll be fixing the next gen. And I said, okay, right. But what? But what about
1: all the people that are not going to buy that yeah, next wh- gen?
2: What about your literal, you know, hundreds of thousands of users who are going to keep this particular one because your product? Is a, a little bit expensive, and, and it's not something that they can easily, uh, you know, uh, upgrade. Not everyone can easily upgrade it, and um, to, to, to which they didn't have a very great answer. But it it was the mindset of this is just you know throwaway technology, and, and that's the other problem with it. Outside of security, the other problem with IoT, in in my opinion, and this is. know that this is this is drew's opinion on on iot um and others might have a different opinion on it is that since they are consumables they're a huge iot will be a huge uh cause of and they already have started to be uh, a huge cause of e-waste that ends up uh not recycled not all e-waste can be recycled as as we think it can be but there is certainly a lot of e-waste which shouldn't just be thrown in the general trash um, just because some of the chemical processes and other items. Um, Lithium batteries. Right, um, in these IoT devices um, should not just be discarded normally. So with that, um, you know the, the, that's one of my issues with, with IoT. And then also... I had no idea that you were an environmentalist. True. Uh, this is yeah. Amazing. Actually, yeah. If if you want to talk to me about that, that's a whole another conversation. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 the hidden environmentalist. Actually, a lot of people are like, I'm surprised you're so <laughs> so so concerned about the environment. I was like, uh, yeah.
1: Um, I think it's it's going to come back into fashion in about 10 years. Everybody's yeah. going to be real concerned about the environment, even more so well, than they are now. That's well,
2: further effect. Yeah, them. I mean, yeah, that, that's a whole nother conversation, right? W- w- whether it will be affecting yeah. you or not in 10 years, it doesn't matter. Um, there's regulation that's going to get pushed. so make money off of it. Um, uh, <laughs> how about that for your environmentalism? Um, now hot take and again this is Drew's opinion which means that you can just go ahead and disregard (laughs) it (laughs) yeah yeah. everyone thought I was an environmentalist at first and then they're like he sounds like one of those uh, capitalist pigs now Uh, but uh, going back to to IoT uh, but uh, the the other thing the the fact one of the items that you can point to for a lot of IoT devices and some companies are changing this is that you have a IoT device that has no usable uh, or, or user re- replaceable parts. And what I mean by that is your little IoT device has a embedded battery into it. And maybe it can recharge. Maybe it can't. A lot of them cannot. They're just using, you know, the small cell uh, batteries like a watch battery and their product. And once it's dead, it's dead. You have to replace it now some companies are changing this you know one of the companies people used to point to a lot for this is tile and uh, they are changing that model so that they can have it so people will just replace their battery but a lot of other iot companies are not thinking along those lines and it makes it so that you have a the idea of well You know, we don't need, again, going back to the security part, we don't need to have a robust security mechanism or or process or updating process or, or, you know, um, uh, response process when it comes to these devices, because they're going to die in two years anyway. So they'll have to be replaced. It's, It's a force replacement, you know, business model, and they adopt that with security thinking like, hey. Have. And it's going to get replaced in 18 months anyway. So what, why do we care? Like, why do we need to update these little devices? So mm-hmm. it, it is a I mean, it, it is a huge issue, um, especially now that IoT devices are some companies are actually having replaceable parts with that. Um, Now they can't adopt that mindset, but they still have that mindset of like, "Uh, yeah, we'll update the app. They don't update the hardware. Right. So they update the app on the phone. Good. I mean, that's a step, Uh, but they don't update the hardware and the hardware is usually what's giving the telemetry to the app. And if you can slurp up that telemetry without the app, well, now we have a problem when it comes to issues around privacy uh, and users' privacy in total. And i want to I want to dig into
1: to that a little bit, just because the the update process is um, for for folks that aren't involved in software. It's a really hard problem to update even a small number of things all at once and have it go smoothly. Uh, I'd say, like, honestly, one of the One of the most impressive things with modern operating systems is the fact that they're just like kind of silently upgraded constantly. I mean, if you think about the number of iPhones in the world, it's like those all get upgraded not at the exact same time, but like a new operating system version will come out and they upgrade I want to say billions of devices, not even hundreds of millions, but billions of devices. And they do so in a way that doesn't cause a massive outage. Like, look, when you're, when you're updating that many devices, even if it's like, oh, well, it fails on 0.0001% of devices. It's like that's still hundreds of thousands of devices for these companies. So like mass updating of software uh, is a really difficult problem and when you're talking about these IoT companies, it's like the, the, it's it's just a problem that they're not equipped for. Look, because because you gotta you gotta think about like, and and it could be that this changes because the whole right to repair uh, is you know coming up again and again. I want to say that like the EU is is considering passing some laws or did pass some laws that are requiring um, devices to be repairable, so they're not so much e waste. Um, but it, like from the IoT. Company perspective, if your options are one, I make a device that is not updatable and then you just have to replace it, versus I'm going to make a device that I can continue to update and I'm going to have to figure out how to do that update and I'm going to have to figure out like when the update fails for some people, I need to have, um, you know, customer support or some way to remediate that for them. It's like so it's difficult. Just, it, it's such a hairy problem. To to do this whole updating thing, and and we have you know empirical evidence that even if let's say the an, an IoT company is like I'm going to try to do the right thing and make it so that these devices are updatable, unless you do it the right way, which is really difficult to do. I mean, if if you want to do it the right way, you're talking about cryptographic certificates, you're talking about like device management uh, to the tunes of you know however many devices you actually have out there. Uh, so, you know, signed updates, all these different things. The way that you do it poorly is you just have a default password on every device and you Mm -hmm. use that to, to update them. And like, we're going to talk about something called the Mirai botnet in a little bit here. Uh, but this whole, like, unless you, if you're going to go the route of, I want my devices to be updatable and you don't do it the right way, you're actually probably opening a bigger hole. Then if you just decide it's like my devices aren't update, updatable, you have to replace them um, and we're going to go that road.
0: Yeah. And, and there's another dimension to um, uh, the pushing of over the air updates. So even if you get it right and you have a small percentage that fail to update, uh, like you said, that might amount to hundreds of thousands of or millions of dollars worth of devices being bricked. But um, to do it correctly with cryptographic signing or to do it even not the most optimal way where you just push unsecured updates doing that on embedded devices requires them to support that from the get-go so from day one when those devices get sold they have to have that baked into the software so which is hard (laughs) <laughs> like you know, that is which is very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the issue with that is you have to design your device's software to support over-the-air updates from day one, the, the first day that it is available to consumers. And it's easier to just not do that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because again, it's 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 about time to market. Like I i have to imagine that this is how most IoT devices get born. Is that it's like two folks in a coffee shop like, yo. Do you like coffee machines? Like I do like coffee machines. Should we put a computer in a coffee machine? Be like, oh my god, that's a great idea. Let's Hell do again. that. And then they bang out some code and throw like a Raspberry Pi in a coffee machine with some sensors and say like, call it a day. Let's sell it. Now we have uh, the Keurig. You no, know, it's anytime the yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> that's actually the historically accurate uh, birth of Keurig. Um, just kidding. And the, but but that. <laughs> That kind of approach where it's like, you know, again, working at a startup, one of the things that I've heard, which which I do think that there is some – from a business standpoint, it makes sense. If you only care about security, it, it makes your blood boil. But from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Is like, look – if we go this security route, like we're not going to have a company to secure. It's like we have to secure the re- mm-hmm. we, we have to have the revenue stream first. The number one risk to the business is that we go out of business. Once we have a stable business, uh, you know and, and we're on our feet, then we can start looking at other pockets of risk. But at the end of the day, if I have a really secure IoT device that took too long to develop, that we weren't able to get to market and the company fails, like that, that's not going to work. So, you have a bunch, of, a bunch of kind of like economic factors pushing against the, let's put security in IoT devices. And I, I will say, there are exceptions to this. There are exceptions to this. I mean, Drew, you and I were both involved in the assessment of a, a security device, a security IoT device once upon a time. And I remember, uh, you know, its security posture at first was not great. And, w- you know, we were involved in the process before that product even really made it to market. So, so there are exceptions, um, uh, but those exceptions effectively just prove
2: the rule. The security posture of that device today is still not that great, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> it's be- better than it was, uh, but much better but, than it but, was. But it doesn't matter because they sold for like half a billion dollars to another company. Um, so yep, yep. in their eyes, they're like, yep. "Hey, we won," and uh, every user's eyes, yep, yeah, you lost. Um but that's a whole nother story about how police can abuse that device. Um so <laughs> <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean if we're going down like on specific items with IoT uh like particular IoT devices that that terrify me. Um I mean the first one that comes to mind is smart TVs, right? Um yeah. If you want to look, if you want a real mind bender, uh, look up Project Weeping Angel. So, uh, we- Weeping Angel is this a U.S. government project? Uh, it is, and, and the people who are involved in
1: it. I sw- I, whoever names, I want to know who the guy is. That's pretty metal. That's naming all of the. Well, I, I, uh, okay, you know what? Okay, honestly, okay, uh, I think this this person's job is a coming up with project names. No, and then b like, like after work. Just coming up with names for marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> because I think there's a decent amount of overlap in the creativity that goes
2: into these. They were a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> so, Weeping Angels <laughs> no, are the no, angels no, in the um in the Doctor Who series, right? They're the ones that will... Uh, uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah, look up... Uh, they're actually my favorite um, bad character in the Doctor Who series um but that's what they're named after oh god um so 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 project weeping angel is a um project that targeted samsung TVs and how how it started or or how the process started was there were samsung TVs that were coming out that were smart TVs and the very first samsung smart TVs had a, some models of them had cameras in them uh but they all had microphones in them so the attack was first like, okay, we know every single one has microphones in it. So let's take advantage of that. And it started out with, okay, we, we noticed that the data is being un- sent unencrypted to a third party. And, uh, you know, th- this particular party is, is there just to not listen to every single part of the conversation, though. They, they certainly had that capability um but to um pick up on on keywords and stuff like that but but the whole data could be slurped so instead of you didn't have to necessarily attack the the TV you could just attack the company that was getting all the data and that certainly was done um but that's outside the scope of project weeping angel weeping angel went and then decided oh hey these are uh like arm cortex processors uh and some of these TVs as, as well as other Uh, ARM-based processors um, in the Samsung TVs and uh, we can just backdoor these. So now these TVs were being shipped uh, to – they were being ordered by large corporations uh, both here in the U.S. and and outside the U.S. And they were being shipped to a lab and, and then they were being infected and then they would go on their final destination. They were being intercepted. And then they would go on their final destination. They're also being uh, later in the project, they were being attacked remotely to be able to have this capability done to the TV itself. Um, but you would be able to listen to the uh, microphone to be able to listen to private conversations, especially targeting companies that care about things like encryption or uh, privacy, because now you could figure out the weaknesses that they have in their products which they don't want to discuss about and they're trying to fix. And you could take advantages of those weaknesses as well as um, one of the items with this, besides just seeing video, um, you could now hear what other uh, there there were instances. Well, hmm, let's see. How do we word this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there are worse things besides finding weaknesses that can be done with these TVs. But the main point is that everyone's like, oh, okay, well, I just won't have a smart TV that has a microphone in it. Uh, I'll just have a smart TV, um, that, you know, just has the smart TV features, but doesn't have a microphone. Uh, But it doesn't matter because if you have speakers, you have a microphone, um, Uh, any TV that has speakers can be made into a listening device. So, and and that was the eventual, and this is where it leaves project weeping angel and actually goes into a different project name, which has not been leaked yet. Um, so we won't leak it here. Uh, but (laughs) I'm sure it's another spicy name. (laughs) Uh, it, it, it it, it is not actually. Um, but it, it is a much boring name, much more boring name. Someone else named it, uh, someone less cool. And, uh, So so with with, not the weed guy, Uh, (laughs) yeah, the person who actually named it doesn't smoke weed. Um, But uh, the, uh, the the thing with that is that the ability to now turn any speaker into a listening device. So if your product, if your IOT product has a speaker in it, it now can also be turned into a listening device with minimal effort. So, that was a long rant on smart TVs, but um, smart TVs is uh, one of the areas that I have a huge, uh, you know, um, interest in at one time. So, uh, that's why I was ranting on it for such a long time. uh, I personally owned the last
0: Samsung TV that was dumb. Before, Yeah. So it's very old,
1: <laughs> yeah. And and it's it's kind of like one of the one of the reasons that I like my vehicle so much because it doesn't have a bunch of like you know, smart. It's it's not it's a dumb it's a dumb car. But the so on the topic of TVs and and it's not something that it's not something that we explicitly touched on when when we were going through the various problems that IoT has. So I want to I want to bring it back to that real quick. Um, so I have like a thirty two inch TCL. TV, which is, you know, a Chinese company, and it cost nothing whatsoever. And I want to say like over Black Friday uh, in 2020, I was looking at TVs again and it's like, oh, I can get a 65-inch television. for like 450 bucks, And they're just so damn cheap these days. And you know why they're so cheap? you know one of the reasons why they're so cheap yeah our technology has gotten better yeah with like like you know what is it more Moore's law where it's like we you know we have the exponential curve of, of technological improvement that has kind of been disproven but more or less holds holds true for cost at least um your data is the product right like these wearable devices these very... you know, We we briefly touched on it earlier, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of the business models for these companies is no longer, we're going to create a really cool device and sell this device to you above what it costs us to manufacture and that's going to be our revenue stream. It's actually, we're going to make this device, we're going to sell it to you at a loss and then we're going to be selling data off the back of it or selling other services that deal with the data or things of that nature. So... Um you gotta think like these are the, the TCL devices, to a Chinese manufacturer, they're super cheap, and they're smart TVs. And and so I actually have a funny story about this. My sister was visiting and uh she wanted to watch some TV. And so I like you know gave her the remote, whatever, and I, I have a Chromecast plugged into my TV. So I, I'm in bed with the known evil of Google. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to tracking my watching habits, and uh, and so then I I go to work for the day and by go to work. I mean, I walk downstairs to my office, um, and then I like come back up for lunch, and my sister is still like on on the couch, and I look at the TV, and the TV has like an updating bar, and I was like, what. What'd you do? (laughs) What did you do? And she had connected my TV to the internet, which is like the... Oh, no, they breached the walls. Yeah, I know. Exactly, exactly. And so (laughs) to this day, my TCL TV now has an updated... Like the volume bar is clearly something different now. So it definitely got a firmware update when it was connected. But like I was explicitly not connecting my smart TV to the internet <laughs> because specifically for that reason, like honestly, my, my approach with smart TVs is like, and I'm sure Drew, with all of your knowledge of all the spooky stuff that happens out there, it's like, oh, well, even if you don't connect it to the internet, you're still screwed because of XYZ. But to me, at least, I'm like, I know this thing because is a file of And I know that it's... Yeah, ex- yeah exactly, I know. <laughs> so, but it's at <laughs> least harder. Uh, I I strictly do not intend to connect my smart uh, TVs to the internet because that's at least the easiest way for them to get compromised or easiest way for them to start exfiltrating data. Uh, and my sister unknowingly was like, oh, it's not connected yet. Let me just connect it to everything. And I was like, no. And even after, <laughs> even after a factory reset, it still has the new firmware on it. It's no longer connected to the internet, but I'm not convinced that it actually forgot my
0: like, credentials. Um, that's, a, that's a solid womp. Um, (laughs) yeah so so uh, another thing with smart tvs before we get off the topic um subsidizing the hardware price by selling everyone's data that's not great but even for you know the listeners who don't care so much about their data uh being sold um these manufacturers will also engage in i mean what i consider just a bait and switch where they'll sell you a tv that's great but then after a while they'll push an over the air update and then suddenly you have super in your face uh unremovable ads on your television. So Yay. the user
2: experience just becomes markedly uh, worse. Yes. Man. That is my fear when TVs will not work yeah, unless they're connected to the internet, right? Is is like it's yeah. just there just so that they can push ads. Similar to, you know, yeah. you can't use your PlayStation 5 unless you connect to the internet every so often, right? Or is that the Xbox, the new Xbox, Wh- whatever. Wh- one of them... No, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, sure. one, one of them, you can't use it without being connected to the internet like once every 30 days or something like that. And I have a feeling yeah. like, you know, other, consumable, uh, other entertainment products like TVs will do that. And then what you just brought up, Logan, tying into in everything will just... They'll just push their new set of ads that they want you to have while you are, uh, you know, even if you're disconnected from the internet. It's like, oh, okay, they have ad package one um, installed. They connected to the internet. Let's install ad package two now. Uh, and yeah. even if you disconnect it, they will still play those ads, which is, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I uh, I fully expect a black mirror future. Where we'll have TVs that require you to look to at the oh, it's, it's been patented. patented. Like there's oh, already yeah. patents for this. Yeah, yeah. Or it's really? like the,
1: the, the like if you look away from the ad, it stops playing, and you have to look back. Like that's. Uh, I, I will okay. look. I. Ad tech is, in most cases, despicable. Like it is some of the most advanced spyware. And like, like so many incredibly smart people are working in it. But like I'm – so again, staying on the topic of smart TVs because they're so damn bad. Um, I know of a company that like – look, they would – if you're getting served an ad on a smart TV, you that is being tracked. It is this person saw this ad for this product at this time. Uh, you're watching habits. They're watching this show at this time. This is how late they stay up. This is when they turn the TV on. This is when they turn the TV off. This is the volume that it's at. All this stuff is being tracked. And that data is really valuable to advertising companies because they want to say like, Oh man, you saw an ad for this product on this day at this time. And then you went and purchased it using credit card data that we got from this other company. Like the, the mass amalgamation of really sensitive and private data is what the ad tech ecosystem completely feeds off of like that is that that's i won't name names of companies but it is uh it is the it's just it's disgusting the amount of the amount of tracking and it it's so invasive and i don't understand how the people that are coming up with this or the people that work on it can can live with what they're doing because it's just so damn invasive it's so damn eva- they, they have to deal with this like if you ask somebody, "Hey, I'm going to make this thing that's going to track you 24 seven and it's going to record all this information about you," and you, like if you ask the creator of these systems, "Like this is what we're doing," I'm willing to bet they'd be like, "Oh my god, that sounds terrible." But then it's like, ah, oh, it's 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 this abstract notion of what they're doing and not actually spying on you know billions of people. Uh, it's yeah, smart TVs can <laughs> are I guess not the necessarily typical. Yeah, they're they're the worst. <laughs> Um, But okay, so, so getting off of smart TVs and onto other IoT devices that have problems now that we've spent most of the time talking about smart TVs, which is fair because smart TVs are terrible and pretty much everybody has one. Um, Google Glass mm-hmm. and Snap Spectacles, uh, just these like wearable cameras. I'm actually like, from a security standpoint, these ones I don't think are as, big of a problem, but I think it's more of a privacy standpoint. I mean, like Google, you know, for, for what it's worth, they're, they're a data company, they scrape everything, they sell everything, um, but they do invest a lot of money into security. So, the standard like, oh, default password, no updates, like returning Google Glasses into a botnet, like none of that was a problem. But there was such a big pushback on the privacy implications. Of these wearable cameras, right, like I remember back when Google Glass was first coming out, and it was all over the news how like bars in San Francisco explicitly banned wearing them inside because it's like oh it's making our it's making people in our bar um, uncomfortable that you have a camera strapped to your face when it's like you realize every every single person here has a camera in their pocket and you know so so like, like this is just another example of of I think it's a, it, it's an interesting example of it as well, of how there's such significant privacy implications with IoT. But people only really realize that when like, hey, when I look at your face, I see a camera staring back at me. And it's like, okay, so that's obvious.
0: But in reality, it's literally in your face,
1: they're yeah. literally in your face. But but in reality, every IoT device that you have is doing the same thing. It might not be video, I feel like it's more visceral to people when it's video. But at the end of the day, like, they're tracking you, you mm-hmm. just
2: don't see it. I mean, Logan and I used to work like for Fit- a company for that was exactly, they tracked IoT devices, right? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that was the whole thing. Yeah. And it was, it was a concern. I mean, I, I, so, so uh, we had a concern where we had a, like, we we're worried about people being like, oh, you're just tracking people. So, so I came up with this saying in a meeting, and I'm still proud to it today, um, which is we don't track people, we track devices. Right, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I remember saying that that was right before he <laughs> came up with the weeping weeping angel term. <laughs> I was I I uh, I I am not an employee nor nor have I ever been an employee of the CIA. So clearly, I'm, I haven't. I not tied the weeping angel. So, um, and I'm sticking to that story. And uh, now, <laughs> <So Josh laughs> yeah, no, um, uh, for real though, I haven't. Ever been. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember the CEO of that company, his name was Chris at the time. Uh, and I said that, and they're just like, great. Yeah, we're going to use that. That's going to make the EFF really happy. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. All right. Am I the baddie?
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my that is one of my favorite clips ever. I'm just like, are we the daddies? Like, if you have to ask yourself that, the answer is yes.
2: Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that is the thing is like you, you are always the the more digital items you have on you that have radios on them, and maybe we'll talk about what tracking looks like even when you don't have any electronic devices on you, uh, but. The the more radios or, or the more smart devices you have on you, the the easier it is to track you and anyone who is also around you and and, and who is in your network, right? Your RF persona, as it's called, uh trademark Bastille, I believe, and uh <laughs> is, is what is being developed and a profile is being made to better not just track you, but Uh, to advertise to you, to determine your habits, to determine your likelihood of doing Mm -hmm. XYZ action, right? It is so pervasive. And if you look on it from a surveillance standpoint and how it's being used today with even local law enforcement now having access to a lot of these capabilities where it used to just be the feds, uh, they are... Have, they have algorithms that are designed to show that like you are likely to cr- like do this type of crime around this time uh around these days and they will boost up their uh enforcement in certain areas based off of those metrics and and that's that's the thing that tom cruise is in right tom cruise scientology <laughs> <laughs>
0: the,
2: and the podcast is What's now deleted. Movie? Uh, no. <laughs>
0: What's
1: the name of the movie? Where Where are you is thinking of
2: Mission Impossible? Um, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> no. It's a, a Minority I don't, I don't. Report. Is that what it is? Or Or
1: Minority Report? Yeah. There it is. Oh. Yeah, where it's like, oh, they have yeah. the the psychic the thing The precogs. Yeah, figuring out like this yeah. person's gonna create, do this crime at this time. Yeah, it sounds Black Mirror is honestly just a psychic documentary about the future. Um, <laughs> yeah the the so fitbit any of these wearables so i remember i used to have a fitbit well i still do have a fitbit because i was like yeah i like tracking um you know my resting heart rate or like when i go for a bike ride figuring out what's going on with that and then google announced that they were buying fitbit and i was like and i'm no longer wearing this uh which, like you know, I think that might be an overreaction on my part because, in all likelihood, Fitbit was likely already selling that data, uh, hopefully anonymized, but maybe not. Um, but once Google has it, it's like, okay, that's just yet another invasion into my private life that I, I'm now giving all the data to this big company. Um, mm-hmm. But one, one other, one other IoT device that I want to I want to mention before we talk about Mirai, not because it was actually a security problem, but just as an example of kind of the uh, lunacy of the IoT space. I think when it was really kind of at, at the peak of its hype, I feel like it's kind of subsided a bit, or at least it's become more of a normal part of, of day-to-day life. Uh, but do y'all remember the Juicero?
2: Bro, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I do not. I do um, not. Tell me what the Juicero is. No? Okay, okay. It's a juicer, mm, right? We're going
0: to have to find links to... It's a juicer. Yeah. We're gonna to have to find links to one article in particular and put it in the show notes. But the way, as I remember it, it was like a five hundred dollar juicer that would juice proprietary, like RFID tagged bags. Yeah. bags. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, you could squeeze the bags Just with your hands. The ba- <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> about as well as the juice press.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, for anybody that is interested, you know, one of one of my. F- absolute favorite YouTubers that I watch every one of his videos. Uh, it's A-V-E. So the letters A-V-E. Um, and he does all these teardowns of all these various devices. And he's he's a poly engineer guy. He, he knows just crazy amounts of uh, about like what it goes into, what goes into manufacturing devices and the various chemicals and processes and metals and rubbers and plastics and electronics. Like he's just knows everything when he's taking these devices apart. And he takes a Juicero apart. And the whole time he's laughing because it is so overbuilt. It's insane. You can also... Okay. So, the Juicero is... The the, the product pitch is you buy the device and then you get a subscription uh, of these bags of juice that get shipped to you and then you take the bag of juice you open up the juicero, you put it in, and then you press a button, and then the juicero juices it for you. And wh- what it does to juice it is it actually just takes two metal plates and squeezes it. And that's, that's it. That's literally it. Uh, the thing had a camera on it, it had um, a sensor to know whether or not the door was closed, it was connected to the internet. Uh, you, oh, and then also it would refuse to juice. <laughs> juice packs that were too old. So <laughs> and and yeah, so the the funniest thing about this when when this guy is doing the teardown, he's just in awe of the amount of money that went into manufacturing this device and he's because I think you bought him for somewhere between 300 to 500 and he's just like this thing has some of the nicest parts I've ever seen. The 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 manufacturing process is immaculate. He was like, "Yo, I, if I'm if I'm getting my numbers right, he's talking about how it's like these things had to cost to manufacture at least a thousand dollars a device, and they're selling them for like three
0: hundred, and and it literally just squeezes a bag of juice. It, it's so insane. Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember a lot of parts of the Juicero being milled aluminum.
1: Like <laughs> yeah, so nice. <laughs> yeah, and they looked perfect. Um, and and so so this was just kind of like the peak of the craze of like we're going. To make squeezing juice bags smart, and uh, and and yeah, the, the company did not um, did not survive. But I will say this: if you can get your hands on one of the Juicero juicers for less than a thousand bucks, it's got like a thousand dollars worth of of like quality components in it, and some really nice stuff. And I, I highly recommend like just watch the teardown video; it's really entertaining and and also educational.
0: I'm I'm now on eBay and I see one for a thousand dollars. Oh, break-even
1: point. Um, yeah. But okay, so so talking about all those devices and we we've talked about the security posture. Um, what about the the Mirai botnet? Can you tell us a little bit about that, Logan?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I'll likely need some help from you guys because I haven't thought about it in a little while. As I remember it. The Mirai botnet, it came around, came into being around 2016. It's been a couple years now. And the claim to fame of the Mirai botnet is that it infected just tons of IoT devices. And what I remember about it is the way it infected these IoT devices was just kind of hilarious. Um, One of the attack vectors it took was it would go through a relatively short uh, user username and password list. Uh, let's say it's like 100 usernames and passwords. And it would just uh, look all over the internet for open Telnet ports and then try all these credentials and then compromise devices by logging in with those credentials. And for those of you who are listening who are like, you know, what is Telnet? Just exactly how bad is this? It, when I, I think of it, it, it's not great. It's comparable to um, driving your car into a shady neighborhood and then leaving the car running and then just leaving your car there. And then, you know, <laughs> a bad guy just comes up and is like, oh, look, it's a oh, free car. Running. It's running. credentials yeah. on it. Sweet. I'm going to drive it. <laughs> it's mine now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... Um, and and it was it was huge a huge botnet and this thing was being used for distributed denial of service attacks like it th- th- this is a prime example of companies tried to make it so the devices are remotely accessible they put default credentials on them it's really easy to figure out what these default credentials are if you take the devices apart and then it was just like a. Okay, we're just gonna scan the whole internet looking for these devices and just logging onto them with these default credentials. And they had
0: hundreds of thousands of devices at once. it's so dumb. Yeah. Uh amazingly effective. Yep. Yep.
1: yep. Hey, you know, you know what they say, uh you know, at least one of my one of my favorite kind of like sayings in engineering is like if it's dumb and it works, it's it still dumb. works. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not that still works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that that's just kind of the, I think Mirai is the kind of the, the, the canonical example of like privacy concerns aside, data, see, d- data, data concerns aside, when it comes to the actual security posture of these devices, like the Mirai botnet was able to an- amalgamate just a slew of different devices that had uh, default credentials on them across the whole internet. So like, that joke earlier about your your refrigerator attacking the US government is that, like pretty true. Like they, they used the 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 owner of the botnet used this botnet to attack various websites and services and stuff. And it was a very powerful attack because he could make hundreds of thousands of devices all try to connect to a single endpoint at the same time. And it just it tanks um tanks that endpoint. And so the I think the last thing that we should, we should talk about, and I think it's a, a good way to kind of close the conversation out here, because when it comes to IoT, I think this is probably the – these are the devices that are in the forefront of everybody's mind when it's like, oh, is this really the dystopian future? Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri, the always-on microphone uh, trying to help you out in your day-to-day Drew, what uh, what do you have to say here? Uh,
2: don't do it. Uh, if, if you have an iPhone, uh, uh, just get over your OCD and always know that under settings you are going to have that little one red circle above it because you've never set up Siri. Um, the, the other two, I have an iPhone and I haven't set up Siri. Um, uh, for for that reason. Uh, the the other items going with you know Alexa dear god no uh first amazon uh that should be enough to be said but if it's not enough to be said about why you shouldn't have an Alexa um i want you to just remember the 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 problem with like the smart TVs where everything was just being transmitted um everything you say will eventually going to, you know, the, the the nth degree dystopia, uh, everything that you say inside your house will be used against you. Um, and whether that is, you know, by the government, by local law enforcement, uh, or, or something else, anything that you say, I mean, could eventually be abused, uh, against you. Right. And you could be saying something in a joking manner, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it, Google Assistant, again, it's it's Google, right? Google was cool uh, when they were like, hey, do no harm. And then Google was like, oh, you know what? Uh, doing harm makes money. So, uh, let's just remove that saying from our business, uh, which they literally did. <laughs> I, I think it was actually worse uh, <laughs> than that. It, it, it was uh,
0: do,
2: do no evil. evil right? Do no yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, ah, it's, yeah. that's, 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 They're like,
1: that's a hard target to hit. That's yeah, a hard that They're like, money. oh,
2: man, but evil makes so much money. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> how, how, how can we make money without being evil? Right. But uh, again, these companies and, and Apple is, is no, you know, is no savior in, in itself. Don't think that they're great. Remember that's the company that paid other companies that build its hardware to install net. So people would stop not trying to commit suicide, but successfully committing suicide around, They're manufacturing products, right? So they, um, uh, I mean, these products themselves are always, there is no benefit to you that is greater than the privacy loss on these products. The the usability, all that stuff is not worth it, in my opinion, over the privacy loss. Because it's not, you know, we, we don't have to go so dystopian and be like, oh, local law enforcement or the US government. It's not them who may be like, listening right it's it's the next country that's going to be the next first world power right so it, it is it is the other people who wish to do true harm to others who will abuse these technologies and who currently do abuse these technologies uh, for those exact reasons right now um, so yeah I mean that we can go to like total black <laughs> mirror weird stopia type things if we want to but the realistic item is that you have a always on listening device if you're okay with that please email us and I will send you a device that will do the exact same thing I'll send you yeah <laughs> <got more> <laughs> you know if if you got nothing to hide right and, and honestly look and, uh, hold on <laughs> which I don't believe if, in if that, that sounds
1: it. weird as well like, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah 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 nor do I but like Think about this for a second. If you heard that and thought like, oh, that's so weird that somebody would send me a device that's always listening to me. But at the same time, you're like, I like my Alexa. What is the actual difference? Like, what is the actual difference? Because you're, you're, you're actually talking about if we were to send you a device, it'd be the three of us potentially listening. But you have a device that is listening that you have no idea who else is listening to it. And, and it's likely that there are lots of people that you have no idea who they are that have access to, to the data that it's generating. Um, And I do want to offer some caveats here. So one of the reasons that like with the Alexas, uh, you can only say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Amazon, is because you can recognize those words without sending the data off to the cloud. So the way that these devices work is they have locally trained models, which are able to recognize, or at least the way that they purportedly work. They have locally trained models that are able to recognize specific commands. And when they hear those keywords, then they start transmitting the remainder of the audio to the cloud. And that's how they figure out what you're saying. So it's not to say that like every single second of every day, these microphones are on and transmitting data up to the cloud. The microphones are on every second of every day, but they're listening for those keywords before they connect to the internet. Now that's the way that they supposedly work. We There is evidence, however, that like, Snippets of audio conversations that have happened in front of these devices have made it out. I want to say, like, somebody got a phone call back where, like, the audio from their Alexa had been recorded and, like, sent back to them somehow, something to that effect. But Mm -hmm. you better believe that in the process of developing these devices and products, there is absolutely debugging functionality or other ways to turn those microphones on permanently and stream the data out. So the devices purportedly don't transmit the data all the time there's evidence to show that they don't. But at the same time, you better believe that they can be turned on remotely and turned on permanently. And that's just what you're dealing with. And lastly, I think one of the things I want to emphasize about Apple is Google is a data company. Their revenue comes from data. They collect data, they sell data. That's what they do. Apple for now is a device company. They build devices, they charge a significant... you know They get a good margin on them. And then they Basically, make them unusable after a period of time, so that you have to buy a new device. They're very different business models with different motivations. It could be that Apple becomes a data company, but I would say when it comes to thinking about data and privacy, you're screwed when it comes to Google. With Apple, they're at least they have a they they, they have a uh, thin lacquer of privacy uh, incentive used in the in the marketing material. So um, there is a difference there. How big that difference is, I'm not entirely sure. But Let's, let's close out here with talking about a few things you can do to protect yourself from IoT devices. Um, I think first and foremost, if you don't need something smart, don't get mm-hmm. it. Like just because you have Easy. an item and, and now that item is being sold with a computer in it. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Should I get it? The answer is no, don't do it. Unless you really need something to be smart, don't worry about it. Um, now, when you are going to get these smart devices, one of the easiest things you can do is effectively have them on separate networks from the devices that you care about. So like your laptop and your phone, whatever, on your home network. What you can do, so, so at least in, in the US, the way that this typically works is I get a wireless gateway from my internet service provider. They send it to me and I plug it in and, and then it has a wireless network on it and I can connect to that. I can also go buy a second wireless gateway and plug it into that one with an ethernet cable and now have a second wireless network as well and if i put all my devices on that second wireless network and i put my smart devices on the first one that actually gives you a level of separation that w- will help protect it basically will make it much harder for the um for the iot devices to communicate with the devices that you care about so it is a layer of protection you can get for for putting devices in your home that is fairly straightforward um Think twice before wearing wearables. Wearables are like, when it comes to the whole, we're going to sell data off the back of these devices uh, business model, wearables are the biggest offender. Um, And then if you have a home assistant, know that you may be under fairly constant surveillance and that can be used against you. Maybe it's not, maybe you don't care about the privacy implications. But these smart devices, especially these smart assistants, have significant privacy implications. So you should really consider that before you think it's worth putting a bunch of always-on
2: microphones um, in your home. The three takeaways for today's episodes are one, IoT, on a whole, is exceedingly insecure. Two, much of it is used to collect data and sell that data about you. And three, avoid smart devices unless you really, really want them or they're needed.
1: We hope to have shed some light onto why you might want to think twice the next time you're eyeing that new smart device. IoT, while a super interesting field of technology, is rife with security problems that don't look like they'll be addressed anytime soon. Until the economics and regulatory pressures change, it's likely that IoT will continue to be the most common way that home networks get compromised and big companies invade your private space. Fire beware, IoT can be dangerous. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Security Explained. If you enjoyed listening, we'd love to hear from you. We're always looking for new topics that our audience finds interesting and you might be able to pick our next show. Feel free to reach out via social media or give us a rating on your listening platform to let us know how we're doing. You can find us on the web at securityexplained.fm or on Twitter at SecExplained. Thanks again, and until next time, stay safe.